Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. One of the great things about being a part of the body of Christ is the connections that people that God brings into your life through people. And um, there's uh, Brother George Watkins is, is no stranger to this house. I know enough of the history to know that he's been one of the voices that has spoken into this um, congregation for decades. Um, he's also played that part in our lives for me and Susan. And uh, he installed us, as a matter of fact, in Coos Bay Church. Uh, the, the district superintendent couldn't be there that Sunday. And so they sent Apostle and Prophet George. George uh, did a uh, presbytery meeting for us a few years ago in Coos Bay as well. And I honor him and love him. And a few weeks ago, we started talking about, uh, from Isaiah, how the Lord uses line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. He, he adds, uh, he builds uh, structure in our life through different voices. And so what that really is looking to in Ephesians 4 about the fivefold ministry. And I recognize George as an apostle and prophet. I'm going to ask him to come on up, not only to this house, but to uh, the body of Christ. Um, and I am so glad that you came today on short notice. Thank you. And uh, you are at home. You're amongst friends. And I can't wait to see what the Lord has given you for this body. Take your liberty. And uh, everybody just stretch your hands over George right now and say, Lord, bless him and anoint him for our lives in this place today. God bless you. I receive it. Thank you. Praise God. Well, we could go home happy right now. And some of you may wish you had. <clears throat> By the time I rub on your sore spots for a while, hallelujah. It's good to be in the house this morning, feel the presence of the Lord, hallelujah. Did you realize that God is um, not um, in control? He's in charge. I want to deal with that just a little bit this morning. We have this concept that our prayers go up to God, God gets off the throne and goes off out and picks our paper up and brings it in. Lord, go help that person. Lord, go over and help, you know, do that. Well, I've got a word from the Lord, as I always do when I come, and I will share it. There's about two or three points, and uh, we'll see what the Lord gives us that this morning. Amen. (laughs) I... uh, I always imagine myself as that great, that great spy plane, the Blackbird. He sits up there in the uh, Seattle Museum now. You can go see it if you want to pay the fee. And they tell me the Blackbird uh, was so loose that on the tarmac it leaked oil. But when it got up to speed, it tightened up. So give me a minute here. I'm going to tighten up in a minute. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kind of leaking oil right now, but it's okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A couple of things I want to start with that the Lord's uh, 
going to put in order for me. Um, if, if you go to the book of Revelations, which don't do it, please, because we're not going to get sidetracked. Um, I'd lose you. Uh, it, it's referred several times to the angel of the church. And I'd like to remind you all that the angel of the church has not changed this church. He's not left. Pastors come. Seasons happen. I was 29 years. I thought I was in purgatory for a while, but I finally quit. I got out. And that was, a, that was a sad joke. I'm sorry. I had a glorious time. Loved every day of it. Oh, it was wonderful. <laughs> oh, I interrupt myself. Praise God. But I, wanted, I just wanted to share this with you today, that the angel that is over this church, that has been here through the course of this church, has not changed. The angel of the church, and there's a literal angel that is guiding and directing through the Holy Spirit, through the Father's direction, this church. And we will come, and we will hit the target that God has this body of people for. There's been a shift in, and a change in leadership, but God has not changed his purpose for us being here. On this corner, in this region, we, have a, we open a door, we have a door open that can only be opened by us. That's the particular anointing, the particular purpose and vision, the particular nature and flavor that God's mixed in this house. The angel of this house watches over it. Now, if you don't have an understanding of angels, that may be a far stretch for you, but it's there in the book of Revelation, all those churches he talked about. He gave the message to the angel of the church. So let's be aware that we're walking among supernatural beings. This morning in this church, in this, in this building, according to the Apostle Paul, there is uh, the saints that have gone on before are here visiting and joining in with our worship. The angels are here to come and watch and, and enjoy and look into what we're enjoying and, and speaking of. The Spirit of God is here. The Holy Ghost is here. God the Father is here. And I know why, why I know that, because I brought him with me. Because he, he lives in me. The Holy Spirit, God the Father. He said, the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells in you, you scoundrel. Well, that's half the day we think we are. And yet the Holy Spirit and God the Father, God the Son, chose to dwell in bodies made without hands. That's us. He left the temple when the veil was torn in two and the Spirit of God came into you and I. So when we enter into a place, we are bringing God with us. Now, the enemy wants to pervert our minds where we see ourselves as just the gum on the bottom of the shoe. But that's not true. If, you're, if you've believed in the name of the Lord Jesus, you have eternal life. You may be a beginner and you may, be a, you may have stumbled and you may not know where the book of John is. But if you've believed on the name of the Lord, you have eternal life. And that life then continues to flower out as you learn and yield and submit and walk and grow in the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let's just settle the fact that that is not, God's not nervous. And he didn't run away from you when you had a bad thought, when you stumbled, when you uh, committed some kind of illegal act. God didn't run away. Salvation is stickier than some of us Pentecostals think. I lean more Baptist than I ever have, you know. Once you get it, you got it. I mean, it's, you can't get rid of it. Salvation is not that nervous. And, the, and when you're born again, when you come as a, as a child, as a person, and the Bible says you are a new creature in Christ, when you, when you stumble and fall, now James told us not to do it. He said, don't sin. But he said, if you do, here, here's how it works. You, you, you repent. 
Now, the word repent is not, oh, God, I'm sorry for all the ugly things. No, repent means to go back to the penthouse, to the top. Go back to where you started. Now, we've got this whole repentance is, if I can just remember all my sins. And so, you know, the Catholics go and confess all their sins for the week, and other people go to the Pentecostal altar and do it. Well, repentance means I'm going back to where I started. Sure, I'm sorry for it, but God's blood has already forgiven me. All I'm going to do is just recognize that again and embrace the forgiveness of the Father. Let's not, spend, let's not spend years going back again and again in our memory and trying to figure out why I did it and why, what happened. I'm such a loser. No, I'm embracing what God has done. And he has made me a joint heir. I am just as precious in his sight as Jesus Christ because I'm a son of God and I'm made in Jesus' image. Hallelujah. And he loves me just as much. You see, that's, that's the gospel. And God, God's a happy God. He's not going around trying to find you know, your dirt. He's a happy God. And this is a happy gospel. <laughs> you see how happy I am? Glory to God. I, I'm even giving you a smile today. I'm, glory to God. You're, you're really fortunate to get a smile out of me. I mean, you know, I'm so serious. Amen. So let's remember the angel of the house has not changed the purpose of the house. And we come and we go. I got a birthday next month. <clears throat> I'm not soliciting, soliciting birthday gifts. I feel like I'm on the, looking down from a, a high tower. That's how big that birthday is. And I'm wondering, how in the world did I get here? Then I look, I look down and I see my dad's hands. I say, whoa, where'd that come from? We come and we go, but we do it with a purpose. God put us in our mother's womb with an angel that comes and takes our book of life out of Psalms 139.16 and reads that book of life to us every day, Job 32. And every day that angel reminds us of the purpose God sent us to this earth for. That's how we process and progress is step by step and day by day. Glory to God. Amen. I'm starting to tighten up. I can feel the flight coming. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's other tongues, if that's new to you. And here's the interpretation, not the translation. There's a dividing line coming in your life. And as you make the choice to step across that line for God and his purposes, you will find the circumstances you're in changed. There is a decision that will be a dividing line, a decision line, a point where you will say, yes, I will go forward and not back. And when you do, you will see a dramatic shift and you will be able to identify the day you made that covenant with God. Amen. That's a tongue and interpretation, part of the prophetic world. It's in the same family as the prophetic world, only gives, it gives it to us so we can work and be cooperative together. So often someone will give a tongue and another interpretation. That's the body life working together. Amen. But I'm selfish. I like to do both of them. Amen. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, as uh, the development in my life has come, I preach by revelation. And uh, that doesn't mean I'm extra biblical, but uh, we'll see. Two nights ago, the Lord gave me the direction for this morning. And let me give it to you in about three steps, and then we'll pray for, each, for someone and see what the Lord will do. Hallelujah. Just by way of uh, instruction for those who are on a prophetic journey. 
Some of you aren't. Some of you don't have that call or that hand on you. But some of you have, a, have insight, you have dreams, you hear things, you think, things that are different. I just want to encourage you to exercise that muscle and lean into it. Don't be afraid of deception because God said he wasn't going to give you a, a stone if you asked for an egg. So when you ask for something, you know you get something back. This has been my development. I have a little head start on some of you, but, <laughs> but that's okay. You need to start somewhere. And some of you have had these uh, premonitions, these, the sense of something all your life, and you've shoved it aside. And maybe in the early days when you were a young person, your parents said, oh, that's foolish. Don't do that. I mean, that's stupid to think that way. Well, jump back on board. That gift is always there to exercise. Now, it's not just for pulpit time. It's for life. It's for your family. It's for your health. It's for your finances. It's for everything in your life. The prophetic is part of our, of, of our sight. We hear and see through the prophetic muscle. Now, the scripture says that we all ought to prophesy. So that's that, that's that world where we're sensitive to the angels, to the Holy Spirit, and so forth. So I, in my journey, I hear and see. And when I come into a place and I'm scheduled to come and stand in front of the pulpit, uh, God visits me through this mechanism of what he, he delivers a word to me, and then I have to deliver it to you. And once I deliver it to you, then <clears throat> I'm free. <laughs> Amen. That's your problem now. Amen. That's, uh, that's the joy of being a prophet. I just say it and then go home. Okay. <laughs> and they don't have to pastor you. All right. <laughs> Amen. I give, I'm going to give uh, scorecards out for my jokes in a minute here. <clears throat> oh, hallelujah. Number one, this word came to me, the king and the sword. All right. What do we do with that? I meditated on it for a while. Um, couple days ago I think it was two nights ago and the Lord said don't meditate upon it just say it and then listen to me okay that's how revelation comes often when we speak now I'm not against notes and often notes keep us on track but today I'm just going to share these two or three points and then we'll let the Lord kind of fill the blanks the king and his sword now prophetically we just heard a dividing line and the, the, the king comes with the sword and and there's some vengeance scriptures, and we go in the Old Testament, and he wipes out nations, and he comes and, you know, slices and dices. But that's not the Holy Spirit's word this morning. The king is coming into our lives and into our situations to cut some cords with the sword, to cut away the fat, to cut away the root that has um, grown up in our life that has choked out the word or choked out our faith. There's something in the spirit that is going to come in as as the king would come in in this pictorial uh, picture here, come in and cut away the hindrance. So I prophesy that today. I speak it into your life and into your situation that the king of all righteousness is spoken now. I'm, I'm prophesying it. And when I do, the anointing of that goes into your life. And if you'll open up and receive this just by, just by, you know, yeah, <laughs> you don't have to get in the floor. You don't have to stand and shout. You just, that's mine. When you do, then the king is going to work on these things that have been holding you back, hindering you. And one of them is a mind that has been so trapped by fear these last two years, a mind that has been so controlled by media or by uh, your neighbor's you know, gossip or whatever it is that you've pulled back into a cave, uh, an emotional cave, if not a physical cave, and you have not been free to go back out into your life cycle and be the influence God called you to be. And I believe the king is cutting away that, that root or that seed of fear that has been planted in our lives. 
Some of these chairs are not occupied in churches all over this nation because of fear of the saints are afraid to go to church. And I believe, I, I just released this word to the body of Christ everywhere, that they will be released to come back into the fellowship of the house so that the house has that health and the word of God flows among us again, you know, like uh, not like it was, but like it is, is, uh, is intended to be by the Holy Ghost in this new season. We're not going back anywhere. We're not going back to the past. We're not trying to recapture anything. There is, there, is, there is a conquest ahead of us that is going to be so much different and more miraculous than we've ever believed it that you'll hear people say, they, those guys are crazy. Those guys are off the scale. Why, how can you believe in that? How can you even think God would do that? Come on now. God's not having to go back and repeat himself. Amen. <laughs> so the king is coming I'm not, you know, like some distant future, but I'm just speaking it now, all right? The king and his sword. The king and his sword. Now, it talks about the day of judgment. But judgment is always related to as an evil, you know, we're going to, God's going to come and judge us, judge us. But judgment is the end of a decision. Judgment is the end of a decision you made. In other words, the seed comes to the, to the womb of the, of the woman, and the judgment is that in nine months there will be a baby. That's a decision that the judge makes. That's not always go to jail. Sometimes you're free and you're going to get money because something happened to you. And I make a judgment that you are going to be the victor in this thing. So when the king comes in with a judgment, it is a decision that, that, that the word works, that your faith is good, and that you're going to overcome this thing you're in. I see this as the king coming in and making a judgment in my life and your lives. All right? Praise God. For every action, there's a reaction. I punch you in the nose, I either get beat up or go to jail. Either, either way. <laughs> or I run real fast. <laughs> I, I choose the third one generally, you know. You don't think there's a reaction to every action? Next time the cop stops you, tell him what you really think of him. That's how it works. In this life, judgment happens. What you do affects something, the ripple effect. They've got this strange scientific thing they call the butterfly effect. I don't understand it. They say a butterfly can fly in South America, and it causes waves to happen in Arkansas. I don't know how that works. But somehow the connection, God's spirit, we affect each other, don't we? If we are really one in Christ, if we are really one in Christ, if we really believe that, how wonderful it would be when one is down, the other is up, and we lift the other up. That's what encouragement comes, amen? God help the marriage if both people are down at the same time. Generally, in 54 years of my marriage, when I'm dragging, she's on top, and she pulls me back up, amen. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Now, the second thing I heard from the Holy Spirit is the king, I don't know if the Holy Spirit talks King James, but I think King James, so <clears throat> the king cometh with 10,000 of his saints to bring judgment. Now, let's talk about this for a moment. 10,000 is a perfect number. It's a signet of a perfect number. So 10,000 saints means saints that have been matured and have grown up and are ready to do battle or ready to be victorious. And he comes with 10,000 of his saints to bring judgment. You and I are the, are the predictors and the trigger finger for the future. It's not God that's going to shape the future. It's this church and you. We are the ones that bring justice and judgment. Now, when you hear, when you hear something or you 
hear a prophecy, and a lot of times prophecies are doom and gloom and we all want to hide. No, the reason we hear a dark prophecy is so we'll get, we'll get our, on our horse and do the work is change that thing through prayer, intercession, and de- de- declaration and decrees and commands. We are the deciding factor on this earth, not God. He sent us here to go into all the world. He could have sent the angels to go into the world. He sent us here. And as we, if we sit on our, I don't, it's an old, old word. My dad used it on our laurels. It's a fancy word for your hiney, isn't it? It must be. And if you sit down, you're somewhere back there. If you sit down and do nothing and say, God, why didn't you rescue? Why didn't you, why didn't you evangelize? Why didn't you feed the poor? Why didn't you go over and help your neighbor? All he's going to say is, I sent you to do that. And you sat down and did nothing. So this word that's come to me is this. The kings come with 10,000 of his angels, of his saints, to bring judgment to the earth. I have contacts all over the world through this internet business. People that I talk to or listen to or interact with. And I'm hearing all over the world the body of Christ rising up and understanding that it is our responsibility not to sit back and blame the government, not to sit back and blame the economy and say, oh, my, it's going to be a terrible thing. But we go into the heavenliest, which is our prayer chamber. We go into the presence of the Lord, which is our meditation room where we go. Wherever your altar is, you go in there and you go before the altar of God, the throne of God, and you plead the cause and command the thing and turn the thing in Jesus' name. Prayer is not a begging session. Prayer is not a victim session. Prayer is not a sympathy session. It's a person of God. You and I who have been invested, God has invested in us and he has called us to do business with him and we are business partners and as we go into prayer, we go in as sons and daughters filled with the authority of the word of God and the name of Jesus to change the circumstances in our lifetime. Amen. That's the 10,000 that I believe God's talking about. The perfect number or the perfect, the mature saint. Now, you say mature saint? That's you and the pastor. There's only two of you here. (laughs) There's probably three. Some of you older saints out there are matured, I know. But no, 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 no. It's you because Christ is in you, the hope of glory. And he is a perfect partner. And when he's with you, you are walking in high cotton. I'm telling you, I don't care what kind of thoughts you have about yourself. If you have the mind of Christ, the mind of Christ isn't doubting. The mind of Christ doesn't see you as, a, you know, just a little short Pentecostal preacher with glasses and everybody chasing you home from school. And you can't, you, know, you don't have any friends because you're always moving around and nobody likes you because you're a Pentecostal preacher and you have glasses on. No, no. Where'd that come from? Whoa. Tuned in somewhere there. Come on. We carry those things all of our life. Those things that we have been beat up or been some cruel thing. No, the mind of Christ. I begin to hear the voice of the Lord to old Georgie boy that I am now a a soldier and I am well fitted to do the work of the Lord and he has sent me into the field to bring harvest and to make a change in this generation. And by the name of Jesus, I stand before you and say yes and amen to that. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Now, if you, if, you, if you believe that, there's hope for you. <laughs> okay, let's talk about this old thing. Let's not see some of you gray hairs out there and some of you no hairs. Let's see you out there coasting in, already let up on the gas. You hope you have enough fuel to get to the end of the driveway. Come on. Come on. You're a saint. You're a spirit, not a human body. You're not even a human. You're a new creature. 
And don't be living like you're over and it's done. There's more power in your mouth and in your prayers if you can't get out of the back room just by hitting your knees and saying, God, I'm here to change something in another nation or another family or another block down the street. I am here as an intercessor and I speak before the Lord and God will change that for the kingdom's sake. Hallelujah. And I'm preaching to the choir right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I get my social security check just like you do, but it, the game's not over, folks. Hallelujah. The smart ones usually have gray hair. <laughs> I have about six or eight of you like that. Okay. Oh, my. All right, let's... Uh, Let's put a cap on this. Mercy trumps, pardon the pun, trumps judgment. Mercy trumps judgment. Let's remember that. If you're nervously waiting around for something to crash, the other shoe to drop, as you say, oh man, two die. They come in threes, don't they? Somebody else is going to die. Come on. Mercy trumps judgment. God's not out to get you. If he did if he was, he'd have got you when you were 12. <laughs> Taking you out before you could be such a rat. You know? Come on. He, mercy trumps judgment. Now, we're talking about the sword cutting away, letting us be free from the roots. We're talking about the 10,000 being a part, being a, a, a picture of you and I rising up and bringing judgment. In other words, a decision. We change the circumstances. But when it comes to something coming at me, mercy, God's mercy comes and shoves it aside. You see, mercy is why he doesn't remember my sins. Grace is what he gives me to do the job. That's the enabling power of God. So mercy wipes out the past, and grace gives me the future. That's how we go forward, by the grace of God. Uh Oh, I love that. Hallelujah. So let me quote my favorite verse. First one I probably memorized. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Four times he talks about the world. That means the cosmos. Everything out there, God came to redeem. Now listen, Adam is accused, biblically, that he brought sin to all men. So all men are sinners. Jesus, the second Adam, brought salvation, forgiveness to only those that go to a Pentecostal church. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute, it's, you can't have one without the other. Adam, his fall brought sin. Jesus, with his victory, brought righteousness to everyone. And the message now is, hey, you've been free, come on in. You can now come to Christ because you have already been forgiven. All you do, well, Jesus said, believe on me and you got eternal life. Receive me, you got eternal life. Come out of your prison, you're free, the door is gone. There's no hindrance. That's the happy gospel, folks. It's not the long finger, you're going to hell, you wicked sinner, and I hope you go quick because I don't like you. No, no. That, was, that wasn't pointing at you, sir. It was just, <laughs> that was a mistake, I'm sorry. No, no, and I know that's kind of a popular gospel in some cases, but the really happy gospel is, hey, everyone, Jesus set us free. Come on home, you're free. Hallelujah. Isn't that something? Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, haven't felt this good all day. Praise God. 
He's a good God. He's a happy God. And he's jealous for you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. He's not against you. He's for you. And if God be for us, who can stand against us? Huh? Who? I'll tell you who. You. That's the who. You can say no. You can have a mind that's not renewed. You can still be living in your failures and trying to recapture something. No. Come on in. You have been freed. And God has cut the roots today. God has given you the ability to say no to those things and yes to him. Isn't that amazing? Glory to God. Glory to God. Greater things shall you do because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Oh, my. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Someone this morning, maybe more than one, I want to just pray over you before we do anything else. And it has to do with this, with the buzz that goes on up here, nightmares, doubts, uh, inferiority stuff that, hey, we've all been there in some form. The message of the cross is freedom. The message of the cross is he has dealt with that. Let's deal with it this morning. And I want to I release you from that if you're here. Now, I say nightmares, just dreams that fuss and, and, and just worry you. Uh, fear that causes you not to want to do what you should be doing. I believe that's what God's saying this morning. He wants to cut some of those roots loose today. Once you come stand across here, we're going to pray for you before we dismiss. Amen. I feel it's just a sense of prophetic word today. There's a prophetic utterance in this house that God is magnifying himself among us. Just stand, face me. There's others coming. Come on, come quickly if you haven't come yet. This is a a release, a release. I sat on the edge of the parking lot for a while today just catching the wind of the Spirit. What does God have for today? And he said, I want to to show a a miracle today. I want to show a a miracle where all can see. Now, not not a physical perhaps, but it's going to be a change, a release, a freedom, a hope. If you want me to pester you every day, I have a video out every day on YouTube or Facebook. Just look my name up. You'll find it. Going into my fifth year, every morning I just give a word from the Lord. It's been a good journey. Amen. Where's Sister Ames? Is she here this morning? There you are, dear. She said on, on Facebook, I can hardly wait to see you. Thank you, dear. She watches me, and, and she's, uh, she's my favorite, actually, today, here today. God bless you all. We love you, Pastor. Bless you. Let's thank the Lord for the man of God. Amen. George, Chris and I, you know Chris. These folks don't, but you know Chris. We did something. I felt the Lord kind of developed a number of years ago. We call it the divine, a divine interview. Mm-hmm. Got a couple minutes here. I want to do a little divine interview. Before we, before we go there, um, could I have them bring the basket? What, if you were touched, if you were blessed, if you were ministered to uh, by the man of God and the word of God today, going to give you an opportunity to bless him. What's that mean? That means that you show double honor. You, we're going to take an offering for, for George. And just what the Lord lays on your heart, the basket's here. But, um, and God bless you as you, as, you, as you give so much. I love the prophetic nature of your word today, the king and the sword. And we had dinner last night and just a little bit of conversation. You still have a sense, or you have a sense still, that a, a worldwide type, revival, the resurgence of the presence and the power of God coming not only upon the church, but in the world. You have a, What's your sense of that in the day we live in? Is that something we can pray into, expect to be a reality in, in our time? Mm-hmm. 
The church in the past uh, decades has prepared us to sneak out under the railroad tracks in some secret rapture. God's going to take a few of us feeble saints home. No, no. I believe the scripture still is true that the word of God will cover the earth like the waters cover the yes, sea. Yes. So I'm expecting that. Now, that's the biblical side. Yeah. On the spiritual sensitivity and, and others I've tuned into, uh, the prophet uh, Bob Jones said we we're going to have a billion souls one to the Lord in this next move. Yes. And it's percolating all over the earth. I mean, Iraq is having the greatest uh, gathering of souls in any nation in the world right at this Remarkable. moment. It's, it, and South America, Africa is going to be all Christian by yeah. 19, 2035, they're saying. Yeah. So, wow. so I'm, I'm expecting it in this nation. And yeah. the result of some of the pressure we've been through is going to be an explosion of revival. Wow. Well, that's, you know, I, in my little circle, I, we keep hearing that and so keep sensing that. And that's why I want to just kind of get your insight on it as well. So the best is yet to come. I believe it. For the kingdom. I believe it. Uh, say, it's remarkable to look at the various spots where the Holy Spirit is being poured out that our news media won't ever touch, but Iraq is one of them. Iran is also experiencing yeah. Yeah. the um, the mosques there are basically emptying out and house churches by the thousands mm -hmm. uh, are being birthed. No real sense of spiritual leadership. It's, you know, yeah. it's closed country, but God is raising it. It's like the book of Acts all over again. A story I heard of, of Ion, uh, Imam. Yeah. Jesus showed up in his room at 3 o'clock in the morning, a bright light said, go to the mosque. I'll see you there. And, and every member of his congregation had the same visitation. They all showed up and he preached Jesus to them. Yeah. That's wow. what's happening right in the middle of that dark continent. So yeah. the fires are breaking out all over yeah. the earth. Yeah. What do you sense for our nation? Well, I got to slice off the political jargon because that's, that's in abundance. Yeah. You know, one side says this, the other side that. I don't believe God's through with us. We were destined to, to be the city the light on the hill. Yeah. That was our prophetic destiny. I don't believe he's forgotten the prayers on the sands of the uh, East Coast when they landed, when the pilgrims landed, dedicated this ground to the glory of God. Amen. Have we made mistakes? Have we done things wrong? Yeah, sure, we're a nation of people. But God has a purpose for us. We are still the light of the world. Amen. We, are still the, we are still the one that is keeping things together in spite of the craziness. Yeah. I believe we're going to see a return and a turnaround. I really do. Hallelujah. I receive that. Yeah. Lord, I thank you for this time we've had together today. I pray blessing on Brother George, on his ministry, on his life, on his wife, his family, his grandchildren. Lord, I'm so glad that he came and spoke into this body today. We bless him now, and I release blessing upon this people. Yes. Of People's Church. The Lord, this week is going to be a week of victory. It's going to be a week of testimony. Look what the Lord has done. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you all. Wednesday night prayer, 7 o'clock. Next Sunday morning, of course. And um, God bless you so much. Um, I suspect George still got a a little bit of ministry in him. If you're here and you really are feeling like you need a word, this man is a prophet. And um, 